hello and welcome back to The Journey, a podcast designed to bring you guidance on your spiritual journey and help you go deeper in your inner voice than you ever have before. I am your host Hannah Byrne and welcome back to part two of my conversation with Janelle. I am not going to talk, I'm just going to let us get straight in and enjoy the episode. Well, I don't even think I said in the intro, I'm like seven and a half months pregnant Mm-hmm. Um, and I never saw myself like having, you know, I had a lot of stories in my head that were, that like, I didn't think it was possible for me to, to meet someone that's so aligning or to have such a healthy relationship or, you know, and of course with PCOS women are also told that, um, you might never have kids, yeah. which is not true because so many women with PCOS end up having kids or y- y- obviously from my story, you can balance you can regain harmony and balance in your body and your hormones. Um, so yeah, it's like, yeah, it, it's just like f- funny looking back now that all those kind of narratives really held no meaning. Um, yeah. So I think um, the other kind of bigger pieces then that kind of wrap up, wrap up my story and my journey. Um, so uh, I, I think, yeah, so I, I ended up, um, also needing to learn the lesson to let go of like putting your identity in a place at the time I really saw myself like staying in, in Tanzania and starting a social business there. And then things just were not lining up for that. And, um, just with like visa stuff and partner stuff and things like, or or, like business partner stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, my husband and I ended up getting engaged, which, um, you know, and, and it was really good timing. And I realized, okay, like, let me now move to Nairobi, which is where he was living at the time. Um, and I, so he's, he's from Rwanda. Um, but he's been living, he's lived many years in Nairobi. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I kind of like, I had been really like fixated on, you know, making a life work in Arusha and it wasn't working. And I had to like, let go of putting my identity in, in where I live, um, which was another hard lesson, but a good one. Um, And um, yeah, then, yeah, so I had my diagnosis. So I was still, you know, trying to work on, so my, my, so my, my period had come back kind of like more normal, but I, I hadn't, um, it wasn't like on the dot, you know, every 30 days or every 28 days still. Um, and my skin was still, was still, um, you know, I was still having the acne. So like the starting to do the blood sugar piece was really helping. Um, but then I, I started working with, um, an Ayurvedic specialist at this point that I felt drawn towards. Um, I don't even remember how she flowed into my path, but um, yeah. So that was great. Cause it, it helped me realize about listening to your own body. Cause up until that point, I still was kind of stuck in listening to those, those mental stories. Right. I kind of dove so deep into all the podcasts and the articles and the books um, that I was still kind of sometimes making choices from, okay, the podcast said that this is a healthy food, so I should eat this, um, more than maybe what my body was guiding me to. Um, so f- as an example here, there's like a, a fruit called uh, tree tomato. Um, and it's kind of, it does look like a tomato when you cut it open. Um, and it's a bit like acidic and, um, like sour, um, Ooh. And I thought it, I thought it was like, I mean, and, and it's told to be super healthy, especially it's good for blood sugar. Cause there's not a lot of sugar in it, those kind of things. So I used to like force myself to eat them, but I never really enjoyed them. And then I realized like through Ayurveda that I tend, my body tends to favor more, um, like sweet fruits, like apples and bananas and these kind of things. And not so much be into the sour fruits. And it was like, Oh, that makes sense to me. Like, it's true. Like I don't enjoy sour fruits very much like they just I don't enjoy that and so I was like forcing myself to eat something just because I mentally thought it was healthy but it it wasn't what my body wanted um right so um that was a beautiful thing to learn of like um and I really like how actually in the the lively podcast she mentioned how it's like shifting to be a nowitarian did you hear that episode (laughs) as like as like your diet 
I am so full of that because I've done, I was vegan for like yeah. a couple of years and then start, mm. last year we started craving fish and eggs mm. and she oh, wow. so guilty for it. Like I shake myself mm. so much. So now I just eat what I want. Um, yeah, it's very free. I love that and now it's <laughs> Yeah, I love it too. So I do think like I needed of course, like back at the beginning of my journey, like I didn't know how to eat fruits or vegetables. So like I needed that phase to be more strict and like try and learn and like develop, redevelop, like change my taste buds and like expose myself to different foods. Um, so I did need that phase, but now like then at the time I was able, like I, I had, you know, I, I didn't crave sugar anymore. I didn't crave dairy anymore. So I could like do it now in that nowitarian way of, of being balanced. Right. So that was a beautiful like shift as well away from the legalism. And like, I think I, at the time I had even been like, I was super into like Excel tracking, like my bowel movements even. And Mm -hmm. so she helped me be like, okay, like you need to stop doing that. Cause you're just like, that's like, that's like a fixating energy. Um, so like there were some beautiful lessons I learned from Ayurveda, but at the same time, I still felt, um, you know, so there were like, there was a lot of enrichment I gained from it. And it was meant for me to work with, like to, to gain that wisdom from Ayurveda. But it, it felt at some point as well, similar to the naturopathy where I was being put on like a lot of herbs and oils and like things to do every day, like do this before you shower, eat, have this at breakfast, have this after lunch, have this at dinner. Like it just felt like too many things that were stressing me um, you know, to, it just felt like such a regiment. Um, so, um, yeah, that's when I kind of like, it was, it, I feel like in all these different modalities, you can gain, you gain things that are for you and there are pieces that are for you, but, um, the, like the, there, you also have to be cautious to not get caught up in like the legalism or like, yeah, the regime of it, or like, yeah, where you can also just feel stressed because you're like trying to rely on so many supplements or herbs. And then you kind of miss the most important pieces of like your stress and your emotions. And, you know, some of those bigger pillars, I guess, is kind of what I, I realize now. Like, I, I think I probably wasted a lot of time and money on a lot of these herbs and supplements when I, I could have focused on these bigger aspects of like, the stress and, um, knowing what's aligning for you and that kind of thing. But that was of course, part of the journey. Um, and then at that, yeah. So after the Ayurveda is actually when, um, two things, then the last kind of two biggest pieces that kind of flowed that really transitioned me, I guess. Um, one was this inner voice training that you and I did, um, you know, uh, it was shared on the podcast and it just felt, yeah, like this resonating, like, I have to do this. Like this is, yeah, I just, I just knew it was right. Um, so the, the inner voice, uh, facilitator training, um, it's basically what we were trained in is you're really just connecting with that deeper part of yourself, your inner wisdom, divine depth, your intuition, And in the sessions, you're either getting this like beautiful clarity and wisdom and guidance um, that can come through as a voice um, from your soul, from your spirit, from the essence of who you are. Um, And that, you know, you're in such a, that energy is such a healing state to be in. Um, And what can also happen is Um, you know, you're kind of, you're finally out of your mind, which is where there's a lot of stress and fear and worry. So it's a very healing state for the body in the first place. And then second off, um, old emotions can also bubble up um, for you to release. So it's also very connected to energy healing um, and emotional healing. And so for me, going through the training um, as us, as, as facilitators, we did a lot of sessions and through those sessions, I had a ton of emotion, emotional, um, weights come up and be released. So like I said, I had suppressed, <laughs> I had been taught to suppress for most of my life and numb a lot of my emotions. So this was the most healing thing that had ever happened for me. 
Um, I honestly now, you know, looking back, I think the emotional piece can be one of the biggest pieces for healing. Um, so what was super interesting was, um, you know, I had some sessions where I really had feelings of guilt for leaving my family and still all those feelings of insecurities of having my worth in my looks and my skin come up. And I really just like cried and released and had this like cleansing experience um, through these sessions. Um, and what was so fascinating to me now to look back on is once I had that emotional detox from those sessions, that's when my skin finally healed. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing. I had acne for 17 years from age 12 until age like 29. This is last year. Yeah. I still was struggling with the acne. It had, it had become a bit more manageable. Like it had um, from the other changes, you know, of, of reducing the inflammation and, um, you know, the diet and all that, all those other pieces, they had contributed as pieces, but like the biggest shift never happened. Like I would still get breakouts here or there and, you know, still have like, like bumps under my skin, but once I had a lot of that emotional healing come up is when I really saw my skin take a turn. And what I've understood now, cause I've also, um, you know, done some studying around traditional Chinese medicine, um, a lot of Eastern medicine and other ancient traditions, um, when they approach well-being and wellness and healing, understand that emotions get stored in your body and stored in your organs. Your body can't function if your organs are um, tense and weighed down. And so if you have all this emotional toxins in your body, that is affecting your organs, which then is going to affect your hormones, which is then going to affect your skin. So I really think that that really was a shift in my liver. Um, and that's, and after that, I stopped eating so legalistically like you, like I, especially like, you know, I would start eating dairy. I would start eating bread. Like I would just eat more freely. And what's the other ironic piece too, was I had been starting to gain a bit of weight and, um, not only did my skin transform, but like, I wasn't thinking about weight. I wasn't trying. I was just eating more as that now a Terry aligned way but I started eating much more freely. I would like before I would have never let myself, for instance, like go out and eat pizza. You know, I just started being much more free where I, I would still, you know, enjoy my fruits and vegetables, but like I would let myself have dairy or bread or go out at a restaurant once in a while. You know, I just had such a more freedom approach to eating and just like whatever was in front of me that felt aligning at the time. And I, um, I, I had been back home for Christmas and I tried on, I realized like all my jeans from when I was 18 fit me, oh which is like, I, and like, like I had, I hadn't even tried. So like all these jeans, I didn't never thought would fit me again, fit me without me even trying. So like, that was like, oh my goodness, like the emotional healing is probably one of the biggest things that can contribute to, um, I think hormonal balancing, because it's like once, if your liver is blocked up, it can't process excess hormones and your liver is so important to hormonal well-being um, and your skin. So that was so cool. And the other thing that flowed to me around the same time was this yoni, wand it's a herbal what is it it's a herbal mineralizing yoni wand um and yeah just like how the right so I guess I realized like yeah in the journey like things would flow to me right um and and just feel aligning right so that's how I knew to work with the Ayurvedic specialist you know there was kind of like a discomfort but an openness and like something flowing and aligning um, you know, whether it was the hormonal specialist or the naturopath. Um, so this tool kind of came to me in a super interesting way. So I was visiting my sister-in-law and she showed me a clip of a TED talk um, mm -hmm. from this lady named Malence. And she was just super well-spoken. She was actually talking about that, what we were talking about around um, those harms of that, you know, kind of recolonization through this ethnocentric belief of, of 
of the way development is done. And it was just really powerful. And she just like really, her energy kind of stood out to me. Um, and it was just a short clip. And then two days later, I never really watched Instagram lives, but I think I was cooking and I saw a friend here that was having Instagram live with this lady. And I was like, whoa, my friend is like, like, look at her connecting with someone, you know, that's, you know, quite big, has a TED talk that's circulating, right? So I tuned in and they were sharing about, this is um, a product that she, she, I think she has a couple different ventures that she's involved in, and this is one of them. Um, and it's, yeah, so I, same thing. At first I was like, what is this Yoni wand thing? Like, is this a dildo? Like I was really like, at first hesitant and like, you know, sketched out or weirded out or confused. And then the more that like um, they were sharing about it and talking about it. And I, 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 you know, I read up on it and everything. I realized it was something that was like good for me to try. So um, it's basically, so it's called the secret Saris. Um, I think if people want, we can link it after. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So it's, um, it's basically like, so it's made from clay and then it's infused with like minerals and herbs, basically like very ancient, natural, you know, very aligned with Ayurveda. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just herbs that are super and minerals that are super good for the reproductive system. Um, so it's, it's super easy to use. Like I said, it's like, it almost looks like a, it looks like a piece of chalk, like, you know, like white, whiteboard chalk from back yeah. in the day, writing on the whiteboard. Um, and you literally just like, so it makes sense. Like, so just like how, um, you know, our, our skin absorbs whatever we put on it. Um, and anything in our mouths that we like, you know, if you suck on a lollipop, that's going into your body. So it's the same kind of thing you insert it into your, into your vagina, um, for about a minute a week. Um, and you're absorbing all of these minerals. So it's basically just like taking like a superfood. It's like spirulina for your yoni. It's like taking a superfood, but you know, down there. Yeah. And um, you know, I think it has things like extracts from like pomegranate, which like pomegranate is known for being a very good thing for the female reproductive system, right? And you're kind of like it's going like more into that area, right? It's kind of going directly around your reproductive system. So uh, I was just super intrigued by it and it made sense. And um, I just felt like the way she talked about it, there was a lot of integrity because of course there's different products out there that might be similar to this, but you don't really know maybe the quality or the intention behind it. Um, Mm -hmm. But she, I think she was saying like for her, it was like, she's like a custodian for this because she had, um, been living in Indonesia and had come across had come across this ancient you know healing tool and it really helped her and helped a lot of other like of her friends and just it turned into this business but um it takes like 40 days to make one apparently wow that's and I know and like it's like when it's available it's available when it's not it's not so I just felt there was a lot of like integrity behind it so yeah. I started using it um, and it's crazy. It's so like, I'm fascinated by the body and it's so fast acting. You're, you actually get very tight, like super quickly. You can't have penetrative sex for like 24 hours oh, wow. um, and you start shedding dead skin cells. Like literally you'll like, you know, shower the next day after 24 hours and you'll see dead skin cells shedding out of you. Um okay. Yeah. And so I just started seeing like, like, you know, I saw that my body was shedding and my skin also was improving. So it's hard to say how much of my skin was from the secret Saris and how much of it was from the, you know, emotional healing that I had been doing. I think of course they both were pieces and which was the bigger, the smaller, I don't know. That's the, that's the other thing I've learned about your journey is you're never going to know which things maybe contributed the most to the least. It's a mystery. You just got to keep going <laughs> on the journey. Um, yeah, but it, and I started seeing my cycle get even more regular and my, I, my ovulation fluid started increasing a ton, mm. which was super interesting. Oh, and the other piece I forgot to mention was um, when I did, when I did a lot of the inner voice um, sessions um, and had a lot of those emotional releases coming up, um, 
my like not only could I see of course the detoxing from the change in my skin and the weight and everything but right after those sessions I like also detoxed like my body I, I was on the toilet for four days wow it's possible so I hadn't I yeah so that's how like I knew like okay yes this stuff does really live in your organs because I hadn't changed my diet at all and I would like have to wake up in the night to go number two which I had never happened before so like I, I literally saw my body detoxing not from a juice cleanse but like just a, from these emotional releases that I had had yes yeah, so I, I, I just my body was just shedding, shedding things. And then like, I just felt I had, like, I could just see the, I could feel the transformation and see the transformation in all those different ways. That is amazing. Yeah. I always, (laughs) I always compare the inner voice sessions to like, Mm. like sitting with ayahuasca because yeah, have that, that I've experienced the same thing that that page is Mm-hmm. and it's things that you're so healing no yeah it's so healing things that you don't even know that your body's still holding on to and it, yeah it mm-hmm. this ripple effect mm-hmm. exactly so it's like and it's so ironic right because I spent like four years on all those pieces that you hear about in the the books and the podcasts you know perfecting your diet and the inflammation and the blood sugar and the you know, it's like I spent on the supplements and the herbs and I spent so many years and so much money. I don't even know, like, I won't let my, like, I don't know, it was thousands of dollars. I can't even say how money, how much money it was, you know? And like, yeah, I'm sure some of it, like it was part of the journey, but a lot of it was wasted time and wasted money and overlooking those bigger, like, yeah, like the emotions and the stress and those like narratives you're telling yourself and just like connecting within is like, really the the biggest factor of my healing right or that inner guidance um yeah and so um and then kind of the to wrap up the story how things you know to to end the story in 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 the way that things kind of ended was um so the beginning of this year I started um I have been doing a lot of one-on-one mentoring and wellness sessions with with people um, but I kind of felt, you know, here, here in Nairobi, there's a lot of women struggling as well with hormonal imbalances. So I wanted to make it more accessible because that's what I realized was, you know, there's a lot of women that do have this struggle and they don't know all these pieces that, that are connected to their hormones. Um, so I started hosting kind of like gatherings and workshops around hormonal wellness so women could kind of learn and understand these different pieces that can be connected to to their symptoms so they can understand about stress and emotions and what is nourishment and kind of learn from my mistakes. But, you know, rather than working with a specialist at $200 for 45 minutes where you feel rushed and stressed, I wanted to provide a different way where I'm sharing and people can ask questions and, you know, we're looking at these different pieces. Um, So I started calling them garden gatherings. And so I've been hosting them for different women that are struggling with PCOS or endometriosis or fibroids, just to understand you can balance these things naturally and holistically um, through these different lifestyle changes and and your inner state and really learning to listen to yourself. Um, So near the beginning of the year, I, I felt what could be, what could be really cool. You know, I had seen my skin transform I had seen my cycle transform and, um, you know, my ovulation increase so much, Um, you know, so I really knew and my blood sugar balance, you know, so I knew I had really reversed a lot of those PCOS symptoms that I had had for years and years and years. Um, So I also had a hypothesis of, I wonder if I went to get my, like another ultrasound scan done, if my cysts have shrunk. I'm so intrigued. I was actually, <laughs> when you were saying about getting the scan, I was actually going to ask you if, like, have you still got PCOS or like, yeah, what's the- yeah. <gasps> Tell us. So that was that was my like curiosity, and especially like because I'm like I think this like yoni wand because I I had heard that so the secret Saras can be used for so many different things. Like it's good just for balancing hormones. Um, you know she like the way it's talked about as well, a lot of women have had um, success with it actually shrinking fibroids. 
Um, you know, and, um, you know, it also really helps if women are struggling with, um, with yeast infections, because it helps to balance your pH level. So I just felt like, okay, I've been giving my body all these minerals and nutrients, you know, from this and that and all this emotional healing I've been through, you know, I was like, I just feel like my body's transformed. This would be so fascinating if my cysts have shrunk. So I made an appointment to go get a scan done. And um, when, <laughs> when, when I went, when I went and got the scan done, um, they were not able to look at my ovaries because I was two months pregnant. Oh, oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So oh, it was quite the shock because I, I literally, yeah, I mean, I did not, I, I like, I was very, I did not think I was pregnant <laughs> oh. and it's my first. So, um, yeah, um, it was, so yeah, I, I don't, I really don't know if my sis drunk or not still. However, <laughs> obviously, um, I had no trouble getting pregnant. <laughs> oh, that's so, yeah. and I suppose because you had, your cycle had kind of been irregular, you, you missing a period was kind of normal for you. So you wouldn't even question it. Well, at that point, like, um, since I did the seed cycling, like my period was coming, like, like I said, around like once a month, sometimes mm -hmm. it would be like 26 days, sometimes like 32 days, but it was coming fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, there were a couple times once it was missed, um, it, okay. And, and I think, yeah, so that would have been when I, I think it got regular around the age of 27 oh, okay. and, and I'm 30. So I got pregnant oh, yeah. like yeah so but in that like three years since it became more regular it had only actually been missed twice once was because I had tried intermittent fasting mm. because once again the mind thought that, that was a good idea from all those articles um but really my body was already deprived and yeah. so um I actually my skin broke out even more and then my period didn't come that month so fasting it can be really dangerous for them for a lot of women and especially like we're not even told like don't do that during your period like that's when you're already losing a lot so yeah I now know intermittent fasting should not be like jumped or I think no I didn't sorry it wasn't even intermittent fasting I like literally fasted for like I think three days just on bone broth like I thought I needed to kill off like gut bacteria that was bad like I went I went very hardcore um so yeah so that was not aligning for me or my body it deprived me more it made my period disappear and then the second time it disappeared I was actually put on that herb I mentioned chaste tree vitex but it made my luteal phase too long uh, um my progesterone yeah I guess it just it just like prolonged my luteal phase way too long and then my period came super late so there were like a couple times where it had been missed so um when my period didn't come in January you know, I actually chalked it up to, um, I had been traveling to Canada in December. Um, and I, I was very free with myself in terms of eating. Cause I was, I hadn't seen my family for so long and I just was like free. And, you know, so I thought, okay, yeah, like my diet's been super different all of December. I was just on a plane and what I've, you know, I've heard some things about your cycle can change, you know, when you're, you travel and, you know, with all that time difference changes, um, and I had a lot of like emotional stuff come up as well for me in January. Like I had, you know, how we've talked about emotional healing. I had, you know, emotions come up and I didn't know what they were. Like my mind still has no clue. It was just like these very intense releases. So I was like, okay, I've done a lot of emotional healing this month. Maybe it was the plane ride or like, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, you know, maybe my cycle is shifting to align with the moon differently. Like, I don't know. And I asked my inner voice if I was pregnant multiple times, even in sessions. So I had had some like inner, inner connection sessions with um, another facilitator. Um, so I did like, of course, when my period didn't come, I was like, okay, could I be pregnant? So I actually, I asked that and my inner voice like, literally kept saying no. Oh my God. So I was like, okay, I trust my inner voice more than a pee stick. <laughs> did you actually take it? Test. No. So I didn't take a pregnancy test. Cause I just, I literally like, I trust, I, I mean, I know, I know someone who she, um, your body can actually like, she, she has something called, Oh, what was it called? A blight of, Oh, a, a 
blighted, blighted ovum is the term. And it's where you can get a, 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 um, a positive pregnancy test, but the, the egg never got, or the development never actually happened. So when you go for the scan, the there's no baby there. So your body like has gone through the hormonal shift that you're expecting, but then the development of the baby never happened. So, um, you know, I was like, I don't really like think like, yes, of course, most of the time the pregnancy tests when they're positive there, they are accurate, but I just still was like, I don't really, I didn't feel the need to, to be on a break. Like I just didn't feel the need. So I just was like, I trust my inner voice. Um, so before I went for the scan, even my husband and I were joking, he was like, do you think you could be pregnant? And I was like, I'm like, I was like, because, because my inner voice had said, no, I was so positive with, with that. So I was like, no, I'm like 99% sure not. And so we like made a bet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Telling him that he, I had to tell him he was right. So of course, after I found out, um, I was like, okay, like how come my divine depth lied to me? Like what is going on? inner voice yeah I was like inner voice how did you lie to me um so I was journaling and writing and processing after I found the news and it was so beautiful I was it was like pouring rain and I was it was another beautiful like I had such a it was so so aligning um of course I was quite shocked and I mean the mind also had some yeah just this journey has been so amazing like because of course when you find out you're pregnant and you didn't plan for it, uh, you know, those kind of voices and thoughts can come through of like, we haven't even been married a year. We're not financially stable. Um, you know, like we hadn't planned for this. Um, you know, all those kind of, I was like, oh, I'm so behind. I'm already two months. Like I have so much I need to learn, you know, all those thoughts. But then like, they just got really quiet. And I just felt this like trust overtake all of those thoughts um, of just like, you know, like just this awe and this like, yeah, just this like trust was bigger. And then um, luckily this cafe had this like patio that was covered and it was really rainy and cold. So no one wanted to sit out there. So I asked if I could go sit out there and I was just drinking a warm drink and journaling and writing. And so I had this like beautiful of like, cause it, I, we were go, I, he, he was coming to pick me up and we were going to his sister's after. So I just like needed obviously time to process this news. Um, so to have that space was amazing. And it was so beautiful how it was pouring rain. Mm -hmm. um, and I just like was sitting there like laughing and crying. So that was also nice to have my own space. Cause I, people probably would have thought I was crazy. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was just writing and what came to me was like, um, my, basically my divine depth, you know, my inner voice was saying like, we wanted you to be delighted and surprised. Oh, <laughs> and oh, it's true. Cause yeah. like, I love like deep down, I love surprises. Like I had no idea my husband was going to propose and he proposed and I loved it. Like I, he didn't even propose with the ring. He proposed with the bracelet. So like, I didn't see it coming and it was like so magical. And so I realized like, yeah, like my inner, like I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been ready to find out like when I had asked, that's what I realized the inner voice, like will only reveal to you in timing, like what's aligning in that timing. So when I was asking in January and early February before my appointment, I was still really in a lot of like scarcity mindset and fear. And then I actually had a combination session with another facilitator that does RTT and inner voice. And it was like, it really opened me up more to that abundance mindset and trust. So I think if I had found out earlier, I would have reacted more in that like, fear you know those voices would have been louder yeah versus when I did find out you know the trust had grown so much that um you know I was able to have that news come to me with joy and awe and and trust and laughter um you know and magic and delight and surprise uh, you know more than if I had you know in, a, in that session in January if my inner voice said yes you're pregnant I would have probably freaked out yeah and you, um, in a voice and note. then I and then I would have found out on a pregnancy test and it was so much like more magical to find out 
on a scan, like you have a, like, like the baby was already eight weeks at that point. Um, and it was just even more magical too. Cause I was like, wait, eight weeks, have I even been in the country that long? So then I realized like baby came into being from being reunited with my husband after like a month. Um, oh, beautiful. Yeah. So it was just like, like things flowed and like the timing of finding out was, was amazing and perfect. And, oh, and then even more things, so many aligning beautiful things from this story was um, when I had first come back, back here in beginning of January, we, we met our neighbors cause they had been out of the country um, and she was a midwife. And oh. I was like, oh, cool. Cause I had kind of like, I, I really didn't think we were going to have kids for like a few years. Um, and I, and I also had in the back of my head, like, okay, well, yes, I've made so much progress and seen so much healing, but maybe there's a fertility journey ahead of me, you know, and I wasn't in any, any rush to have, have, have us have kids. We, we got married last, last year. Um, and our lives are very like, just, yeah, we have our own ventures and kind of up and down and we don't know where we're going to be living and stuff like that. So you know, in my mind, I'm like, this is not the time to, to, to plan, to plan, to plan for um, parenthood. Um, but I just kind of, I had always, you know, I had known that I wanted to have more of a natural home birth um, from my own, you know, all the stuff I've been exposed to over the years now. Um, so it was just intriguing to be like, oh, cool. Like, you know, she's a midwife and I, you know, that's not very common, obviously, especially here. Um, and so, yeah, that thought that I had had when I found out of, oh my gosh, I'm so behind. <laughs> um, when I was writing to myself um, on the balcony, on the patio, another thing that came to me was like, you've like, you've already been like, you've already like something around, you know, you've already been being prepared for this. Yeah. And, um, and I realized it was so true. So after the appointment, like I connected with my neighbor who was the midwife and she helped me realize like, um, like my options and what like it's actually like here and give me like the download. Like, so she, so she herself actually, she just had a baby, I think last month. So she couldn't be my midwife, but she, she helped me understand the midwife scene here and the gynecologist had given me this very, very strong synthetic hormone to go on. And I didn't want to go on it. And she helped me realize, like, I literally had in my cupboard that, that same herb from before the chaste tree, which helps to increase progesterone, because if your progesterone is low, that can be one of the biggest causes of miscarriages in the first three months. Mm. So, you know, I had asked the doctor, okay, I have a history of PCOS. Is that going to be a concern? Um, you know, and I mean, it was also peace of mind to know baby was already two months along. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas of course, maybe some women that find out earlier, maybe could have concerns and worries and, you know, be on edge during that time about, about miscarrying. So I did that I didn't have that. And I had very, like very minimal symptoms. Oh yeah. So I've, I literally, like, I, I didn't get, I had no morning sickness my entire pregnancy. I've never, I've never thrown up. Oh my God. From, from any, like I've had no nausea. So I, I literally, you know, I had, I had funny cravings the first like month that looking back on were funny to realize. And like my breasts were a bit tender and sore, but I didn't think much of it. Right. So I'd like, hadn't had any of those um, severe signs. Um, but yeah, so he, he had then prescribed a very, very strong dose of synthetic progesterone and she helped me realize like, oh, you can take chase tree. And I was like, oh, perfect. I literally have it in my cupboard already and it's not expired, <laughs> right? So that had already lined up. And then I realized um, the more that now I've learned, I've been, of course, now exposing myself a lot to understanding about birth and pregnancy um, and fertility and all these things. Um, and the inner voice training that we did and the emotional healing is so paralleled to birthing because it's all about letting go and being present and riding the waves of those, <laughs> those contractions which is like what we're taught is like ride the waves of your emotions and like go into the storm don't resist the more you resist the more pain you're gonna bring yourself right mm -hmm. so it's all about surrendering and that's literally what birth is so I realized like everything I've been like, like I've, I've already been training for this without knowing it. So there was just all these beautiful aligning things that also, um, 
had made me realize like my inner voice, like my divine, this divine progression had been happening already. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's like, yeah, this is what I love about the inner voice work is that mm. you, if your mind's a, your mind couldn't have planned all of these no none of it <laughs> but like you know you getting this pull to do the training and then doing all this mm-hmm. and then your neighbor being a midwife and you mm-hmm. want to like yeah I, it's just magical flow after magical flow yeah yeah oh that is absolutely I'm just blown away by that by that journey it's, <laughs> it's just beautiful so how are you how are you feeling in your pregnancy now like what are you, what's your ideas around the birth are you going to be using your inner voice to go down that path or mm. yeah good question yeah I mean it, it's funny like I really felt the first it's not until this third trimester that I've really felt pregnant <laughs> um so I was continuing to do yoga and like I had no food sensitivities and and really like what I've learned um, was, and I had heard this before that pregnancy starts before you get pregnant. Mm. Um, so I, I just feel like it was such a blessing to actually have had all that healing journey before conceiving because it made me a strong host. Oh, and the, like, well, the other interesting thing too, is, um, when my immune system like skyrocketed from, from these holistic changes in my life, like I said, remember back in when I was first in Tanzania, I was getting all those ear infections. Like I used to get sick very often. I realized in the past I was put on, on antibiotics a ton, you know, so my immune system was really not great. Um, but all these different, you know, changes in the journey had really restored my, 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 my body and my immune system. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically when you get pregnant, the baby's going to be the priority. The baby takes on like a parasitic role. So if you're not a strong host, you're really going to feel the effect. Cause I have a lot of friends right now that are also expecting, and they've had really severe symptoms. And I was like, why are they really struggling? And I'm not. And I realized it was like from all those years of really gaining more harmony in my body. And like, so I was a strong host. So it didn't, it's not, it didn't take me out. Right. Versus, you know, a lot of most women, the same thing, they think it's normal that you have to really suffer through pregnancy. You know, a lot of women, when you're pregnant, your immune system goes down, your blood sugar becomes more sensitive. Um, You know, so if you don't already have these like really serving habits and alignment, it can be really challenging. Um, You also get like at higher risk for yeast infections and hemorrhoids and just all these like annoying things. And I haven't experienced any of them. So like my encouragement to anyone listening is like the more harmony and balance and healing you can do before that chapter, whether you've already had a baby and, you know, before your next one or your first, um, you know, your first, your first time becoming a mom, that is like, yeah, that, that will really, like you can, you can save yourself from a lot of unnecessary pain and suffering and struggle during that time. Um, yeah. And so it's only now that like, I'm like really feeling my, my belly has grown a ton and I'm feeling all the movements and, um, you know, like my pubic bone is really soft, so I can't walk as much, you know? So like now I have to be much more gentle with myself, um, you know, and, and pace myself a bit more, but, um, that's also fun. Like I'm, I'm entertained. I'm just so entertained by like the changes of the body and, um, yeah, um, I'm really, I'm really, it's, it's, it's also shifted a lot of my assumptions. So we struggled for a while thinking whether we should go back to Canada to give birth or stay here. Um, but really what I've learned about birth is it's all about relaxing (laughs) and being comfortable. Um, it's just, it's, it's like, you want, it's, you want to, uh, the best book I read was um, Aina May's Guide to Childbirth. And that's what made me realize how similar um, like inner voice sessions and emotional beanbag releasing or emotional healing is to birth. It's just about being present, like fully present and letting go. And just like the more you resist, the more pain and tension you're gonna create. Um, so whatever 
you know, whatever you can do to minimize as much, like to minimize stress. Um, and the best analogy that I think was shared in that book was it's literally like having a bowel movement, right? Yeah. Like you need to, to be relaxed. The body has to relax in order for that sphincter, the anus to open up. It's the same with the cervix. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to give birth here because, um, what's interesting, even with, with, um, midwives is there's such a spectrum as well with that. I've learned like some midwives, depending on their approach, but then also depending on like what they need to have required to have a license, they're sometimes really like kind of put in certain handcuffs um, in certain, um, states or countries. And so sometimes they're really restricted to what they're, um, like what is considered okay in birth. And like when they have to transport someone to the hospital as an example, or like procedures that they have to do. Um, whereas here, those actually, those restrictions are not there. And so the midwife, um, there's actually, it's crazy. Um, so here in Nairobi, there's a lot of influence. It's quite Westernized, actually. It's very, I find, I was quite shocked when I transitioned from Tanzania to, to, to Nairobi, because Nairobi, like, it feels very American to me. There's a lot of malls. Um, it's like, it's very, it feels very Western. Um, and like home birth is considered actually very, it's very, it's, it's not, it's very misunderstood and it's like seen. Yeah. Mo most people like think I'm crazy and should have a hospital birth basically. <laughs> There's literally only one Kenyan midwife in all of Nairobi that will do a home birth. And if you hired her? Yeah. She's my, she's, she's my, she's, she's my lady. Um, and it's amazing. Like I love her. She comes and does like home. Like my appointments have just been at home. She makes me feel so comfortable. Like it's great. Whereas like, um, the system in, in where I'm from in Canada was you have to enter a poll very early. You're lucky if you get paired with a midwife. Yes, it's covered by insurance, but like, you're kind of just stuck with whoever you get. So it doesn't make sense because you're allowed to choose your doctor, but you don't get to choose a midwife because there's more, there's not, there's just not as many as of them. Right. So I didn't, I didn't really get a good, um, there, there it wasn't a good match, the person that I was paired with. Um, and yeah, I just like, she was actually making me feel more stressed. Mm, and that's Whereas, yeah. So just like that, like that limitation in and of itself that you don't get to like, choose or connect and like if you're paired with someone you don't go with them it's very like rare that you'll get to like get paired with another one so there's just a lot of limitations sometimes in like the midwifery systems that are in place in other countries so the fact that like here I didn't have to do that was actually really great <laughs> um or there's like apparently time restrictions like some places you know say like a midwife will lose her license if she doesn't if the birth hasn't happened at this time or the placenta hasn't been delivered in this time, they have to go to the hospital, like certain just things like that, that maybe the mom, you know, it, 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 it's like more state imposed and like even maybe the midwife doesn't agree with it, but they have to follow it, right? So yeah, yeah I feel super blessed to actually be having, having baby here. And yeah, we're just, it's just gonna be a doula and the midwife and my, my husband and me. Um, and basically, yeah, I mean, just, I'm going to try to relax and just be present. And like I said, I use that inner voice training that I've had to just connect within myself because it's really just about being guided. You know, it's actually about getting, it's really the key about birth that I've come across by in all this, you know, wisdom around birthing is, is literally like getting out of your head, your head will block you. Yeah. Right. So as much, whatever works for you for, keeping any fears at bay or, you know, processing those fears ahead of time. Um, and just like being present, being in your body, being in allowing, allowing the present and your body to guide you. Um, you know, it's very much about what position is going to feel right for you at that time and just riding those waves. Um, yeah. You know, being, yeah being as 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 relaxed as you can so that's that's what I'm um yeah 
yeah propelling myself towards <laughs> getting that oxytocin flowing exactly oh yeah I, I mean I could also talk about the stuff I've learned around pregnancy and birth and birthing and hospitals versus and interventions versus not for hours and days so yeah but we, we won't get into that today because uh oh, we're, 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 we're all we're, this is already two hours <laughs> well I am I'm very into it I've done a lot of studying around there so mm. maybe we could do another another episode about yeah because it's so fast it's just so beautiful like there's just so much it's just it gets the same thing over and over again like there's just so much misconception and misunderstanding around your cycle and your period. There's so much misconception and misunderstanding around PCOS and, and other hormonal imbalances, right? It's the same with birthing, you know, there's just people don't, you know, we don't understand like, oh, some of these interventions are actually robbing the natural hormones that make you bond with your baby. Yeah. Um, and so the women feel guilty, like, oh, I didn't feel that connection. And it's like, well, um, that's not your fault. It's like, that was just natural, like you, the natural hormones were not, were blocked from certain interventions that most of the time are not necessary and jumps to, and that now is having, you know, now the woman's struggling with guilt when she doesn't need to, and doesn't realize that like she was going to be robbed of that with her child because of these very outdated norms in hospitals that, um, disconnect the mom from the baby you know just like it's the same thing there's just all these all these things that rob us that we don't know and we could have known so that's why um, I love that you have a podcast because it's helping to dispel a lot of those those things and bring more light and truth into these different areas so yeah thanks for starting this yeah oh, my my pleasure that's like one of, one of <laughs> showing people that you know, we look externally so much for the answers and mm-hmm. it's all, in, all, the answers are all inside us. Mm-hmm. Like they really are like your inner voice, your intuition knows your yourself more than anyone else does. So it's, yeah, that's why I, I kind of wanted to start this is to, you know, mm-hmm. you know, even if one person gets something from it, yeah that's that's one person who, who didn't before so you know who mm-hmm. didn't have that awareness before so yeah I'd, um, yeah I'd love to do another episode about um beer before we close off is there anything you would like to share with someone who's you know maybe just been diagnosed with PCOS or is at the beginning of this journey or you know has had it for a while and is getting a little bit frustrated with the the western mm. medicine oh I mean, how to summarize that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of those three big pieces is, is like letting go of that time on and that expectation, right. Of realizing your healing might take some time or it could be quick and just being open to different ways. Um, You know, so taking that journey approach. Um, and that, that open, open, you know, no expectations of the timelines or the how, um, and, um, yeah, looking at it holistically, I would say like, I think stress is really, um, misunderstood and overlooked. Um, that was like, for me, I had, you know, in articles or different things, like they would mention stress or mention emotions and I would really dismiss it a lot. Um, so if I could go back to my younger self, I don't think I would have gotten it. It, it needed, it needed to flow in the journey the way that it did. But um, yeah, like looking back, I could have spent more amazing time and energy on the emotional um, and the stress pieces more than maybe like, let's say all those herbs and supplements and the, the, frustrations around um, being very fearful and legalistic around diet as an example. Um, but yeah, it, it really, and like the common denominator, like this, this whole time that we've talked about is, it, it was a continual journey of me learning to listen more within than to those mental stories. And sometimes those like it, things came externally but they felt that they resonated or right? like, so it was more about the inner alignment and what resonated or what felt intriguing or like a curious spark. Those were the things to follow. 
or things that were really aligning more than, um, you know, legalistically following anything that was just mentioned in a podcast or an article, you know, so like, um, you know, expose yourself and be open, but, um, you know, to different things to come your way and flow your way, but really question like, where is my motivation coming from underneath this? Like, is it coming from opportunity and I get to try this and it feels aligning and curious and sparked, or is it coming from fear or legalism or comparing yourself to another? It worked for them. It has to work for me. Um, like a desperation, frustration energy is not gonna, like, that's just going to be piling on the stress in your body. Right. So focus more on that inner, that inner aspect. Yeah. That's the, like the biggest lesson I think I've learned over time over and over and over again, is that the internal is always, it's always greater than the external. So, um, yeah, feeling growing, growing in that of what, what does it feel like when something's aligning for you? Um, yeah, that, and just like, if, if people want, I, I, like, I've made some resources that I did around like inner connection reflection. Like, like I mentioned that inner knowing exercise or another one around really like, um, taking time to see what in your life is in alignment and what is disharmonious for you. Um, so if someone like really processes well through writing, um, they can connect with me and I can share those with them for free. They're just like some like journaling prompts. Um, yeah. So connecting, connecting within more than <laughs> diving into all that external is going to be, I think the most healing piece. Um, yeah. Or like exploring inner voice sessions or, um, Oh, another piece that I had done that I forgot to mention, like, I guess it's the energy healing piece of it and the emotional healing piece. Um, there's so many different modalities and ways to emotionally heal and emotionally release. And, but yeah, that, I think that's way more powerful than a lot of some of these other um, approaches that are just more externally focused. So things like body talk um, is another thing I had tried, which has body, it has, um, sorry, it, it's more about energetic healing. I also did a session in that. And I think that was a really big part of my journey too. It, it's about kind of using your, yeah, it's, it's this, it's a bit similar to inner voice, except you don't have to really, you just kind of lie there on a table and they're using your energy to, to bring up, to bring up things that are happening in your body. So that's another really cool thing people can look into. Um, but yeah, I would, I would gravitate more towards the emotional healing, the inner work, um, piece and the emotional healing pieces as like the most transformative and just, yeah, listening to what's aligning for you and growing and growing that muscle. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. It, where, can, <laughs> where can people find you, your Instagram website? If they... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be around for another month and a half or so before Matt leaves. Um, but to connect with me, if, yeah, if anyone wants some of these resources or to connect and learn more. Um, I also offer like a free consultation just to connect and, and share um, so that I can be connected with either through my website, which is fgswellness.com or on Instagram, fgswellness. And then the email would be fgswellness at gmail.com. So yeah, pretty easy to remember. And FGS is for goodness sake. Um, that helps people remember it so yeah. <laughs> i'll link it all in the show notes perfect um, thank you so much Chanel, for sharing your story i am absolutely blown away by it um, you're welcome thanks for the space to get to share it. it 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 um yeah when i when i get to share it and even look back on the pieces it just makes me even more just enthralled and enlivened by just this divine progression that we can all have in our lives and we have it. We might not even see it yet, but looking back, we're all going to be able to look back and see those little pieces coming together and all this, like this trail of light. So just know as well, like this story, my, my story, all of ours are unique, but I do believe we all have this within our own stories. 
Oh, I've been so, so excited to share this this episode and this conversation. I am just so blown away with everything that Janelle shared and just seeing the, the journey, the story unfold is absolutely beautiful. We are going to have Janelle back on maybe in January after she's had her baby so we can have a little part three <laughs> and kind of listen and hear what happens with her birth. So yeah, look out for that in, in January. All of Janelle's information is going to be in the show notes if you do want to reach out with her, if you felt like her story resonated with you, then please reach out. Thank you so much for listening. Please download, leave a review and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Thank you and sending you so much peace and love on your journey.